As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause. Like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital Like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through So tell me why you mad even Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens Welcome to The Boston Celtics Podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network I'm your host Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan Joined as always by the kid, the god the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic. Most people call him El Nino, but you and I call him the kid, Jay King. We are coming to you after, I would say, an accidental two weeks off. One was a deliberate vacation. One uh, was just kind of absent-minded. We are back, and we are ready to discuss Boston Celtics basketball because there's been so much news, Jay, that you and I have to talk about over these last three weeks. I mean... Jason Tatum had a golf tournament. Uh, <laughs> um, other he played, Jalen Brown he play went to pro Japan. Golf tournament. He played. He played in a real golf tournament. Oh, that's pretty cool. Jalen Brown went to Japan and bought like what seemed to be an entire store worth of clothing. Um, what else happened? Did he buy a store worth of clothing, or did he sell a store's worth of clothing? I think it would be weird. I saw a bunch of pictures with bags. I think it. I what? was. It was buying. What do you know. feel about his new uh, wearing gloves habit? I have not seen this. Let me pull this up. What kind yeah, of gloves you... are we talking about? Uh, like gloves, gloves. That's uh, like like uh, batting gloves, like a like a nice uh, fashion mitten? gloves. Is I would call them fashion gloves. I don't know. <laughs> they're they're nothing I've really seen before. Uh, when I Google Jalen Brown gloves, all it comes up was Manny Pacquiao giving him some boxing gloves. So Go to his Instagram. Oh, that seems like a lot of work. What do you think about him wearing gloves while I, while I pull this up? See, I, I never thought I'd be a glove guy, but I'm, I, I think it look, he looks cool in gloves. Oh, I see it now. Is that – that's just a – it's weird. It feels like he's ready to commit crimes. Like, why are you wearing gloves like that unless you don't want to put your fingerprints anywhere? I mean, 
why does that seems like some some profiling of a guy just for wearing some nice gloves that probably cost more than just because they're expensive doesn't mean it's a good you've look. Got. I think it's a weird move. Uh, but Jalen Brown's been known to wear do some weird weird stuff with his fashion and sartorial choices. But that's neither here nor there. Is there any other uh, Celtics news that we you think we've missed? I've seen uh, Peyton Pritchard in some pro ams. Peyton Pritchard on the select team going off. <laughs> It's it's the de- it's the real dead season. It's the real dead season. But we got real Kristaps Porzingis news to talk about. We do. So take me through this because I wasn't. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't paying the most bit of attention. There was before the news today. There was a lot of what I like to call some scuttlebutt about Kristaps Porzingis. What was the initial scuttlebutt, and then what did we get the update with today? There was a uh, a guy named Rupert. Reported initially that Chris Asport think has had a foot injury. Just Rupert. Uh, Rupert. Uh, the, Rupert. Did you ever used to watch the show Rupert? I, I don't know. I I can't say that I did. It was a classic, classic show. In the wood every day, Rupert loves to play. <laughs> to fly in the sky way up high and time just flies away. Bet you didn't think that one was coming I today. I did not. Rupert um, F- Fabig of the Hamburger Adenblatt. Yeah, classic. I mean, I've, <laughs> I haven't read the Adenblatt in a while, but it's a it's a notable newspaper. So anyway, it turns out Chris Asporzingis has plantar fasciitis, which typically isn't a big deal. Um, he's going to sit out the World Cup, which I'm sure the Celtics are pretty happy about because that means he's not risking injury. That means his next real basketball activity will be in training camp they announced today that they expect him ready for the start of training camp i spoke to someone yesterday with the celtics who was not concerned at all about this injury the only reason why it would be at all concerning is because he is a seven foot three man seven foot three men you don't want to see them having foot issues at any time no. you don't want to see them having any issues but Foot issues, particularly in a guy that big, can be a big deal. Um, but yeah, there there was little concern when I uh, when I spoke to someone. So there should be some concern. I mean, plantar fasciitis isn't is is worse than no injury at all. Uh, <laughs> this is true, but but it's also something that typically goes away with rest, and typically. You can manage it even if you have it. a lot of guys have it play through it during a regular season. Sometimes you'll see a guy sit out here and there, but it's not something that typically like it can linger. It can be painful, but it's not something that typically is like a huge, huge deal. Is this the type of thing where we're going to see like Horford and Porzingis split back to backs? Do you think it's going to be a, a, to the point where I actually, yeah, I, I do think that with their, front court i would throw robert williams into the mix too i don't think any of those guys are gonna play 80 games i'm not sure any of those guys will play i'm not sure any of those guys will play 70 games uh i would guess that most of the time they'll only have two of those guys available so who knows it, it could go differently they could be totally healthy porzingis played 65 games last season and that was with sitting the last like seven or eight games because the Wizards were totally out of it and nothing mattered at that point. The Robert Williams, this is like 
a healthy off season compared to last off season, just miles, miles better uh, from the sound of things. And Al Horford, uh, he's 37. Yes, he won't play back-to-backs. Yes, but he also has been extremely durable, knock on wood, for the Celtics. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something. I think they'll manage those guys. And I, I think they want to do a better job of managing the entire roster, including... Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, that seemed to be more of a focus in the second half of last season than it was in the first. So we'll see how that goes. I still think the the forward depth isn't really where it needs to be. They don't have a lot of playable forwards behind Tatum and Brown. I would say Brissett's playable, Hauser's playable, and then I don't know if they have anyone else at forward behind those guys. Banton, maybe. Who knows? We did see Blake Griffin at Sam Hauser's wedding. So maybe Griffin's coming back if that's any indication, or maybe they're just good friends. Do you think Sam Hauser's like, man, this is so cool? Blake Griffin's coming to my wedding. Yes. Or do you like, (laughs) (laughs) or does he see him as just a teammate? I think he probably sees him as just a teammate, but then also all of his like Sam Hauser's high school friends are like, yo, that's Blake Griffin at this wedding. And they all kind yeah. of get hype. And then Sam Hauser, they'll pull him to the side and be like, yo, it's kind of wild that Blake Griffin's here. And then Sam Hauser appreciates it a little bit more in the context of his high school friends. I, I think you're probably right because they obviously Hauser's in the NBA too, and they're good friends with him. But Blake Griffin is a different level. Naturally. He was a superstar. He was a, he jumped over IKEA. Yeah, he did. Do you think Blake Griffin would have accepted the invite to that wedding if he didn't plan on coming back to the Celtics? Or do you think he just is a friend? You of think Sam he's just Hauser? gonna toss away Sam Hauser at the first sign of of no longer potentially being on the Celtics? I'm just asking you the question as the plugged in journalist who has many sources in the Celtics organization, what you think. Because I think that'd be a real scumbag move if Blake Griffin did that. But that I'm just asking questions. Do you want to see Blake Griffin back on the Celtics? Hell yeah. I love Blake Griffin. He's the uh, lot of energy. He's the human Gino. Uh, he takes a charge. And he just feels like he brings a good vibe to the locker room. The combination of him and Luke Cornett, I think, just generally keeps people, uh, I was going to say off edge. What's the opposite of being on edge? Relaxed. Relaxed is the word I was looking for. Uh and so why not off for the edge? I, I kind of like off edge. I think if you that, want guys that might off be, edge. That might be a new new saying. I'm not laid back. I'm just off edge. Well, how many roster spots do they still have to fill out before training camp? They've got, I think, a few left. But, I mean, Banton doesn't have a full guarantee. Luke Cornett is non-guaranteed at this point, I believe. So... And then there are extra roster, roster spots. Who knows? DJ Stewart. Do you know who DJ Stewart is? Say the last name again for me. DJ Stewart. Spell it for last name. S-T-E-W-A-R-D. Stewart. 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 Can I get yes. it in a sentence, please? Uh, DJ Stewart was recently signed by the Boston Celtics. Oh, cool. What position does he play? He's a point guard. 
oh yeah, we need more of those. Um, are him and Jay Scrub going to be competing in training camp? I would guess, yeah, probably. I would guess they'll probably both end up on the main Celtics most of the time. So but... that doesn't help the forward depth whatsoever. Who, okay, Do so you... now, give me your <laughs> off-season targets for forward depth. Your August 16th forward targets right now. I would say give me your top seven. Top seven? Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's seven out there. <laughs> give me your top two. Has Javante Green? He hasn't signed anywhere yet, right? No, but bring him back. Talk about a guy who uh, keeps people off edge. Um, Javante Green, I would say Svi Mihalik. Oh, there were rumors that he got offered. Uh, that was speaking of other foreign reporters. There's odd. He got offered a contract by the Celtics. It's. Uh, is it Mihalik? I always thought it was like Michael Chuck. Mihalik. Yeah, Michael Chuck works better for me. Um, so TJ Warren's still out there? TJ Warren's still out there. That's fun. Uh, like two summers ago, I saw Javante Green in a Charlestown restaurant, and I was convinced it meant he was coming back to the Celtics. I remember you texted me. You were like, I saw Javante out in Charlestown. He's coming back to the Celtics. Not nope. 24 hours later, he had signed with the Bulls. So if you see Javante Green in Boston, maybe he just likes the seafood here. Jay, yeah. you were in the Cape recently. I was in the Cape recently. What's your favorite summer seafood dish? Summer seafood dish. Lobster roll. Duh. I mean, yeah, I guess. Overrated, in my opinion. Just Lobster is just a conduit for butter. Um, What's your favorite seafood dish then i'm a, I'm a i like a fried clam i like a, a crab cake uh those would be my top two sweet bro you know i was just trying to make conversation you know being lobster polite. mac and cheese oh that's just mac and cheese lobster's overrated i'm gonna i'll say it i'll put my i think it's a an overrated uh i love lobster i think you're fucking stupid you're overrated uh Let's draft. Let's draft the Eastern Conference. We got nothing. We're impromptu potable eight pack, baby. You know how most things come in packs of eight. That's why we're doing the potable eight pack right now. Jay King and I are going to draft the Eastern Conference, who we think are going to be the eight playoff teams. Oh wait, we'll talk about it at the end. But there is one more piece of news I just remembered: is that the NBA announced their silly midseason tournament thing. Well, let's draft the. Uh... We've got to. We've got to have a little rant about this. Okay, and go off, King. I go tweeted off. this and I deleted it because it, I I I don't want to offend the people who make these decisions, and in some cases, some of the people on these shows are my friends. Having, but I'll say it on the podcast because <laughs> this is my podcast. These are my thoughts, and having. <laughs> A mid-season tournament schedule reveal. Probably the worst television I could ever imagine. A tel a television reveal <laughs> to, to, to put out there that the Celtics are playing the Orlando Magic on November 26th. Awesome. Sweet. I mean, break it down. What do you think? Fantastic stuff. We had it was a television reveal. To find out when the Celtics are playing the Nets, the Magic, and the Bulls. 
And the Raptors. Let's break it down. November The Raptors, whoever the fuck is in there, stupid. And I actually think the midseason tournament is a good idea. It will be fun to watch the midseason tournament just because they're regular season games with a little bit more meaning. I'm all about giving something a little bit more meaning, making guys care about the regular season. That's cool. Television reveal for it, not so much. Well, it's it's not just the television reveal. I think you have to commend or critique the NBA for the full-on propaganda campaign that came out with the revealing of the schedule. You not only had the television reveal, but you had every single team's Twitter account tweeting about it at the same time, the NBA retweeting all of those. It was yeah. clearly like a memo got sent out to the PR teams of every team, like, we are going to be talking about the midseason tournament. And you know what? It worked because now you and I are talking about it on the podcast. And look, they're trying to make the midseason tournament a thing. It's hard to invent something that matters and make people care about it. I just don't think anyone gave a fuck about the reveal of regular season games. You you cannot convince me that there is one person who cares. And not just like premier regular season games. But just random regular season games in a lot of cases, like extremely random, useless regular season games. Speaking of schedule reveals, you're just reminding me of more things. The Celtics will be playing the Lakers on Christmas. That's cool. Uh, It's not cool for the beat writers. Why is that? L.A. on Christmas. Go to L.A. I don't know if I will or Jared will, but somebody's going to have to be in L.A. How do you guys figure that out? Rocks, paper, scissors. And normally shoot. I like going to LA because it's beautiful weather, but not on fucking Christmas. Well, yeah. Well, then it'd be part of a larger West Coast swing. It's not just like uh, one. Don't they think about trip. the beat writers when they schedule these games between no one two historic rivals and LeBron James versus Jason Tatum and Anthony Davis versus Chris Epps Porzingis? Should be a great, great matchup. The beat writers don't like basketball. That's my hot take. They care more about their travel and their Marriott points. They don't even want. They don't even like ball. I played pickup today. You're the you're the exception that proves the rule. You like basketball more than an average person should. More than anyone should, not just average person. Did you win? I won a few games. I I I, I've had a a tough couple days in pickup. The last two times I've played, I had uh, because you're fat. I smoked a layup. I fucking I threw a pass. I threw a no look pass to the wrong fucking team. I <laughs> uh, see. I'm terrible, but I don't try to be flashy while I'm terrible. A no look pass is a uh, is tough. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. There was one game where I I had three mistakes in a row right at the end of the game, and and I blew it. I blew it. Here, here's my question: When you make like a a bad mistake like that. How do you handle it on the court? Do you just put your head down and like try to get into the game, or do you make like a big like, oh fuck, Jay? Are you one of those guys who's just like screaming and swearing at I himself? I scream at my. Oh, yeah. you could have answered that. Obviously, <laughs> I want to. I scream question. at myself. I cuss myself out. I, uh, I usually a lot of the time I'll say fuck you. You suck at fucking basketball, you bitch. Now to is myself, that, is that for you, or is that to let your teammates know that you know you suck? No, that's just like frustration coming out it's not for anybody it's not for me it's not for them it's just just a natural reaction to when when i do things that used to be so easy and i fuck them up that's when it really hits me that i just suck at basketball and so sometimes i just say i suck at basketball 
Yeah, that makes sense. Normally when I'm screaming at myself, it's to let every, all my teammates know that I know that I fucked up. That How I, have I, you felt about uh, Ennis Freedom's push to become a woman and play in the WNBA? Uh, he's a, what I like to call an MLDB, uh, major league douchebag. And, um, he's just an asshole and that's all I really have <laughs> Would to he say. get cooked in the WNBA? He would absolutely get cooked. Like a part of his playing defense and being able to move your He feet. would definitely score a, a insane amount of points. I think his plus minus would be, might, would be neutral. I think they would <laughs> attack him in the pick and roll every single time. I went to a Liberty game this summer, and the Liberty point guard, Vandersloot, is so much faster than Ennis Freedom. I think she would attack him every single time. <laughs> I would pay so much money to, to see him get cooked in the WNBA. I think it I think it would be fun, but it also just screams of him and desperation and him trying to stay relevant, um, which is, you know, kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, there, there's nothing, nothing redeeming about his, his media tour to say all these things, but. That's what, I mean, that it's not surprising if like when I used to have locker room access, he would walk into the locker room and like most players would be looking down, trying to avoid the media's attention. Ennis would be looking up, trying to make contact with anyone, inviting them over to talk to him because he wanted the microphones and the cameras in his face because he loves attention. Um, and so that's all I have to say about that. This podcast is off the rails. We really get off the rails sometimes when we have nothing to talk about. Seems like we got a lot to talk about, but as we promised, we're going to be doing a potable eight pack. That was a nice intro for a potable eight pack um, of the eight Eastern conference playoffs teams who we're not doing the play in tournament. We're, we're predicting the teams are going to win the play in tournament top eight. I'm going to go first pick Boston Celtics going to make the playoffs. You heard it here first, folks. Do you have any reservations about them being first or are they the clear cut favorite to you? I don't know if they're the clear cut favorite. I think them and Milwaukee are pretty close, but in terms of making the playoffs, I describe them as a lock. I think they're a lock to make the playoffs. So, what if Miami gets Dame? Does that change this for you? Like, if he, if he's in Miami and if it's Dame, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo, does that change it for you? Are they the one, the favorite? No, I would. I still, even if the Heat get Dame, I still would put them third behind the Bucks and the Celtics. Like, there's something for continuity and knowing how to play with each other and having a pretty solid like defensive core. I don't know what Miami's defense necessarily looks like with Dame on the court. They've lost Struess. They lost Gabe Vincent. Like I'm sure they'll find seven other role players. Um, who's going to Haywood Highsmith's probably going to be so good this year. You, you know, Haywood Highsmith is just going to torture somebody in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to find their guys, but it takes a whole season to develop those randos. And so I don't, imagine the heat are necessarily going to finish with the best record in the league, even with Dane, but I don't know. You tell so me this regular to... season. I, I thought this was like just best eight teams. Oh, this isn't regular season finish. This is best eight teams. I still think I, everything I said, I, I stand by. I think those, the bot, the Celtics are the top team mostly because 
I'm a homer and I'm not going to pick them over the Bucks. But you have the next two picks, so you tell me who's next. Yeah, and we're using this just as a way to talk about the Eastern Conference. I think it's kind of probably going to be a weaker Eastern Conference than it has been just because I no longer have as much faith as I used to in the Bucks. Um, I, I After seeing the way they played against Miami last season, after seeing just kind of the age catch up to them a little bit. And, and I still haven't seen like if Chris Middleton gets back to full strength and is like just kicking everyone's ass, that's one thing. But if he's not still, that's another. Um, so I, I, I just have questions about the bucks that I haven't had in a while. And then Philly is <laughs> Philly. But Bucks are still, they're still the pick here. They're like Bucks, they have Giannis. They brought the back, they brought back Middleton and Lopez. They still have all their good players. I still think they need like somebody like maybe Marshawn Bochamp is just pretty good It'll and be. gives them some athleticism and ruggedness that they kind of need on the wing. Maybe Jay Crowder comes back. And he wasn't away for a year like he was last time, and he's just better. But I just have I just have some questions about them that I haven't had in a while. Uh, they have Giannis though. You mentioned like you your question how they played against uh, the Heat in the playoffs. Giannis didn't play in half the games and was hurt. He's Giannis. He's Giannis. He's he remains Giannis. He is still an absolute menace. And if Middleton is right next to Giannis in the playoffs, then they're going to be very dangerous. I also have questions. What's What are they going to look like with a new coach? Because Budenholzer, for all the questions you you could, concerns you could voice about him in the playoffs, about making adjustments, whatever, I'm not sure there was anybody better in the league the last few years at creating a defensive structure to take advantage of Brooke Lopez and Giannis and all the length that they had and just use those strengths that those guys had to just guide people into very bad shots. So I don't know. That's another – and maybe maybe without Boone maybe they'll be better. I don't really know, but I just know that things will be different there and it won't look the same. And they just I just have questions about them that I didn't have before. It does feel like it's the last year of this core's like window. I know they just signed like Lopez to a deal and they re-signed Middleton, but like Brooke Lopez is pretty old. Drew Holiday is on the other side of thirty at this point. Like they feel like they'd have to retool the roster to build around Giannis. Like so, like I think that's fair criticism of the Bucks. But at the end of the day, it's Giannis. And I don't even know if it's a criticism, right? Like. It could be everything could be okay. But last year, the year before, I just didn't have questions about them. And now I do. And that's that's what it comes down to. They're still they're still right up there. They'll still be right up there in the Eastern Conference, I think. I just have questions. Number three, I gotta go with Miami. Um they deserve that respect. They probably deserve more respect than number three, honestly. Although they will miss miss Struess, they will miss Vincent, especially I think, and they'll need to find more contributors. Maybe Hero coming back is just fine, and that works out, and it doesn't 
doesn't really matter that they lost Vincent. But and then they got to figure out the whole Dame thing. Are they going to get him? Are they not going to get him? What do they do in Struess's minutes? Do they just play Duncan Robinson? Go into more offense? Do they do does do they then miss Max Struess's the defense that he provided that Duncan probably can't really match? I don't know. I, I, I have I have some questions about them too, but they have proven year after year that they're going to be a bear to beat in the playoffs, no matter what, no matter how they play in the regular season, no matter how they look the last month of the regular season, no matter if they're playing the one seed in the conference, no matter what, those guys are just going to be so fucking hard to play against. And if they have Dame, then that could be the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Dame, Jimmy, and Bam is just like quite a core, especially if they can keep Caleb Martin and some of those other guys. I don't know, but... Do you think they like just like go i know we're talking about just like best teams but do you think given what they were able to do last year making it to the finals as the eight seed are they i mean i know they're going to try their asses off in the four mid-season tournament games because those matter and those mean something but do you think they're just going to cruise in the regular season is there any incentive for the miami heat i guess a lot of teams in the nba to like try or really bust their ass for uh, higher seeding in the playoffs, given that they've shown that they can just kind of turn it on and it doesn't really matter. Like, are yeah, gonna... I I think that kind of depends. I I don't think it it should be the priority for them. They've proven it doesn't matter if they're in the playing tournament. It doesn't matter if they're the five seed like they were in the bubble when they reached the finals, the one seed like they were when the Celtics barely beat them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like they just tend to be very good in the playoffs, regardless. I do think if they have if they d- trade for Dame, the regular season becomes more important to them, not necessarily because they need to gun for a high seed, but because they'll just need to figure out more stuff because that would mean Jimmy's not in charge of as many possessions. That would mean you know guys who normally touch the ball a lot, Tyler Hero, even Caleb Martin in the playoffs last year, like roles will change, so yeah. We'll go with we'll go with Heat at three. Your pick at four. At four. I'm going with the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ooh, he he passes up Philly. Oh. I'll pass up Philly again in my next pick. But we're Philly. I think Cleveland, you have year three of Evan Mobley. You and they they figured out what I think was their major issue was that they just didn't have a fifth guy last year uh, who could play on the wing. And they kind of added two guys who I could see playing at that, um, that role in the wing in Max Struess or George's Niang. Um, And so I one I expect like kind of a step from Mobley. You'll always see a guys kind of take that step, the third, uh, that third year. And I just think their roster is just better fleshed out where you don't have to rely on Isaac Okoro so much. Um, and they can even do it where they don't even have to rely on their double bigs. I think you could play both Struess and Niang um, to kind of just give more spacing to the guards, Donovan Mitchell and Garland. They're both like very solid players. They have a great, they had a great defense last year, a great net rating. 
I think they kind of got exposed in the playoffs due to them not having that kind of two-way versatility. But I like really like their offseason, and I just expect Mobley to get better. If he can add – he should be in the gym this entire offseason working on his offensive game. If he can become even a little bit more of a threat on the offensive end – I think the Cavs can really have like what it takes to put together. I think they're likely going to be a top four seed in the East this year. And I, I think them getting two okay forwards, like Struess and Niang aren't the best players ever, but they're pretty good and you can play them in playoffs. And it's your threes. Like you have to you have to honor their the, three. It just it, their problem. Yeah, their problem last year was that their wings gave them nothing. They couldn't put the ball on the floor. They couldn't shoot. They some of them couldn't defend. It was like just gross. And it put so much on Mitchell and so much on Garland that they just couldn't do it. it. It looked like those guys had bad series because the Knicks just didn't have to give a damn about any of the wings on that team. And so relieving the pressure on those guys is a huge deal for them. And I agree. They, they made some moves to get better. My next pick is also not going to be the 76ers because I am going with... The Atlanta Hawks. Ooh. And this is mostly a Quinn Snyder pick because that guy can coach the hell out of the basketball squadrons and he's going to get a full offseason. We saw them how well they played against the Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. I think they just have a, a decent roster. They didn't make like a lot of moves this offseason, although I thought like extending DeJounte Murray to that like deal was a pretty good deal. But I just think they're going to be better with Quinn Snyder. If they can figure out a way to get Clint Capella out of there so they can start Okongwu and like just play through their like five best guys at this point, I just think they have a pretty solid roster. I was really impressed with DeAndre Hunter, what he did in the playoffs last year. I just think they have more talent, and a full year under Quinn Snyder is going to make them a better team. And there's no way in hell I was going to pick the 76ers because Daryl Morey is a liar. <laughs> the seven, I got to pick the 76ers here at six. I'm surprised they dropped this far. They still have the reigning MVP. They ha- are in a mess, though. And it's such a mess because I don't think they probably weren't going to win a championship with James Harden. But it's extremely difficult to envision a James Harden trade that gets them the necessary pieces to win a championship. You don't think 28-year-old Terrence Mann is going to be the young gun needed to unlock No, and I, I think Terrence Mann is good at basketball. I think he could help a lot of teams, just about any team in the league. I definitely don't – like that team needs another all-star caliber player. You don't and think if Tobias you, Harris if you is lose going to- step up no, in the absence. No, I don't. You don't but if you lose Harden, like, PJ you're, just, have a- you're just in trouble. If you don't lose Harden, then now he's disgruntled. And disgruntled Harden is one of the most impressive destructive forces we've seen in a long, long time. So I am... <laughs> one of I'm, the greatest trade requesters of all time. I think he he got out of Houston in uh, amazing, amazing fashion did it kind of change it up his strategy a bit to get out of Brooklyn, but the publicly, I guess, bringing reporters to a, a an event camp event in China and just reiterating that Daryl Morey is a liar. I just respect the innovation from James Harden in, in terms. Yeah, of- that was, that was big time stuff. I am 
looking forward to seeing how this plays out because not only do you have Harden who digs in as as hard as anybody, but you also have Daryl Morey who did the same in the Ben Simmons saga. So, do you think Daryl Morey still has a painting of James Harden up in his home, or do you think the liar comments kind of sullied that painting? Yeah, I... <laughs> we probably have to see the painting. Maybe it's a beautiful work of art, and so yeah, it's hard. You, to you never know. Um, so now we're at seven. This is a tough decision. I. I think I'm going to go with the – do I take – so here's my decision right now. It's between, believe it or not, the Pacers and the Knicks. I did not see the Pacers coming. I thought it was, I thought it was obviously the Knicks, but you make your choice. The Pacers, I think, have a chance to be pretty, pretty good. They added Bruce Brown. They Tyrese Halliburton is very extremely good. They should be very good in transition. They got OB Toppin as well. Is that the big thing? The shift from OB Toppin from the Knicks to the Pacers is what's put in on the Pacers for you? <laughs> no, but I I actually think the Pacers have a chance to be pretty good this year. I'm gonna go Knicks just because I've seen it from them, because Jalen Brunson is awesome. and But I, I actually think there's a chance that the Pacers surprise a lot of people and have a pretty good season this year. The I, bottom of the Eastern Conference is not bad. It's not good. Like, who's going to be? The Hornets could be very bad. The Pistons should be very bad. The Wizards will be eh, – it's pretty bad. I, I like <laughs> I like Daryl Morey. I'm a filthy liar. Uh, so final pick, if you went with the Knicks, I guess it's between the Pacers. The Bulls still have some decent talent, but I'm not going to believe in the Bulls, not picking the Bulls. The Raptors are intriguing just because they have some very talented players. Scotty Dennis Bonds, Schroeder. Pascal Siakam. Well, see, that's what I was going to get to. Right now, their starting point guard is Dennis Schroeder, correct? I believe so, yes. That would be my guess. That immediately eliminates them from the contention uh, for my pick. I I like what you said about the Pacers. I'm going to go with surprise playoff team, the Orlando Magic. Ooh, I like that. I like that. They the have, ballsy pick, and I like it. They have just a very solid young core. Um Paolo's going to get better. Wagner's going to get better. Uh, I just think they're on the up and up. I don't even know if they made any major acquisitions this offseason, but I just maybe it's because they kicked the Celtics' ass every single time they played last year, but I think Paolo's a star. He's a stud, and we mentioned all the other teams. They all have flaws. Um, I think Wagner and Wagner, no, both Wagners. Wagner and Wagner, wow. The pronunciation. Oh, it's Franz Wagner and Mo Wagner, as I, as I understand it. <laughs> and Paolo Bancaro. I think they're... This might be a dumb pick, but I do think they're... Like, uh, I'm, I'm sticking with it. It's the final pick in the Potable 8 pack. And we got, we got a minute left in this podcast, Jay, so... Yeah, we're going to run out of time here soon. I do think the, the race for the playing spots... Will be entertaining. Those are some entertaining teams: the Pacers, the Magic, 
Maybe the Bulls, maybe the Raptors. I don't know. Maybe the Nets. Who knows? They've got some intriguing pieces as well. Do they? They have Mikhail Bridges, and that's about it. We podcasted today. We I don't podcast know how, today. We're we going to podcast again next week. We'll maybe do a potable eight-pack for the Western Conference. Who knows? There we go. You guys will have to tune in to find out. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of... Oh.